This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to Beck QL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from Beck QL. Welcome back, Beck QL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth here with you on a Thursday morning. Coming up about 20 minutes, lightning bets for tonight, for uh, everything going on, including Week Nine in the NFL, and it starts with the Jets and the Colts Thursday Night Football. Let's talk some week nine. Let's talk some NFL here with David Behrman of ESPN Chalk. David, happy to have you back on the show. And, and let's start off with the biggest story in the NFL right now, which, of course, Aaron Rodgers. He is out with COVID. Uh, it's a bigger deal for a lot of reasons, including protocols. But for the game itself, for the line itself this week, do you think that line moved too much as we get to see Jordan Love against the Chiefs on Sunday? Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. I mean, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I think he's, you know, league MVP and he might get it again this year. But, yeah, I think eight points is a drastic move with Jordan Love simply for the fact that who they're playing. You have to look at the other side of the field, and there can't be a better spot for Jordan Love to make his first start than against the Kansas City Chiefs, whose defense is just brutal across the board. This is not a one-week or a two-week problem for the Chiefs. They're allowing six and a half yards per play, which ranks 22nd in the league, and they're 29th against the pass at 8.1 yards per play. So the Chiefs' defense is music to Jordan Love's ears. Uh, so I do think that that eight points is a drastic move. That being said, I, I, full transparency, I had actually taken the Packers at Pickham when the line came out on Sunday. Obviously, not looking very good right now with the eight point change in, in value. Um, and in fact, some books are offering me about 20 percent, 20% of my value of that right now. But I do uh. still like the Packers plus seven and a half or plus eight. I like them to begin with kind of stinks. So I got to switch quarterbacks right now. But I do think it is a drastic move. And the NFL likes to surprise us. Uh, you would have uh, loved having a, a Vikings ticket on Sunday night. But crazy things do happen. Uh, David, we have plenty of NFL questions, but uh, top of mind with you. I've, I've been enjoying the Twitter feed and what's happening with your personal life of late. I want to know about the IKEA experience in general, because most of us have, have gone through this. Here's uh, David's tweet for those that missed it at the Bearman ESPN. I think the marketplace section of IKEA is scarier than skydiving. The worst kind of escape room. Can't get out and not can't get out and not fun. If you don't hear from me tomorrow. I haven't gotten out. Well, you clearly got out. How, how would you uh, summarize your IKEA experience overall? For me, it's just one of those places where it may sound like a great idea, but then once you're there, I'm like, get me out of this hell. Well, you, you think I got out, but I'm actually hiding right now in the furniture section <laughs> underneath the warehouse. Um, you're eating meatballs you right know, now? <laughs> I, we, we got it. Thank God we got into the, the dining area 10 minutes before it closed, or else it would have been an even worse experience because that's the only – 
only way my wife got me to go and bring the two kids along, I have a seven-year-old and a four-and-a-half-year-old, was to bribe me with the meatball dinner. And we got there, and there was nobody there. And I'm like, uh-oh, but it was closing in 10 minutes. So we were that family who ran in there with two kids and made a disaster of the place as they were trying to close up. Um, as far as the rest of the experience, I mean, you guys have done it. it, it you just They literally have it, so you can't physically get out of there. And you know, there's yep. lines on the floor, but who's looking at the floor? My son thought that the arrows on the floor were something to play with since it was a light from the ceiling. Um, you know, you, you bring a, a, a hyperactive seven-year-old to a store that has nothing but furniture to climb on, and it's like one big anxiety attack waiting to happen. And then you mm-hmm. get to the marketplace at the bottom, which is, you know, dishes and cups and things that are breakable. I'm like, I'm going to own the store by the time I'm done with it. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then you're like, oh, I got this great deal. One thing, you have to put everything together yourself, but it's, like, made cheap as hell. <laughs> like, all this stuff's going to break anyways. Hey, I mean, we just moved into a new house, and we're trying to get some more furniture in. That's, you know, obviously the living room and dining room is going to cost a million at, you know, at, at the furniture places. But for, like, the wall units and nightstands and desks and crap, you go to Ikea, and, you know, you, it, once you get the the, the – the cart that holds the boxes, it becomes a, a racetrack. My kid's just up and down the aisle racing on the, on the, on the carts. It's a wonderful, you know, because the floor is nice and smooth, so the carts just fly until you hit something. Yes. So fun place. Sometimes head by all. <laughs> David, you're a brave man taking your kids in there. As someone who has kids that are basically the same age as yours, including a, a soon-to-be seven-year-old who's very hyperactive, I will say, I think the best look next time you go in, the best idea might just be to hand them a blank check when you walk in the door and say, I'm sorry in advance and just have them fill it out when you're done because yeah, things are going to break. David, that, that is a funny story. Um, let, let's, let's, I'm going to throw a game at you here that I'm interested in, your thoughts on a team in this game and just this game in general. Chargers, so high a couple of weeks ago. We were all high on the Chargers. They look great. A couple losses in a row, including at home to the Patriots. Then they travel to Philadelphia on Sunday. They're less than field goal favorites in this game. What do you make of this? Eagles uh, getting two and a half at home against the Chargers Sunday. Basically, it comes down to the fact that I simply don't trust the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they looked great last week, but they played the Detroit Lions. Who doesn't look great against the Lions? As far as the Chargers are concerned, yeah, I mean, they went up against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, which was never an easy thing. And they were in the game and, and, until the very, very end when Herbert threw that just unconscionable pick six. I like the Chargers here. That um, This look-ahead line was minus three before the weekend when the Chargers lost. And I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. The Eagles looked as good as they did against the pathetic Lions team, and the Chargers didn't look good. And those are kind of the edges that you look for when betting the NFL is, you know, your, your thoughts are as good as your memory of forgetting the week before because the week before always changes the lines. And the, and the fact that this line moved a point and a half to two points because of last week's games, I think the, at the end of the day, the Chargers are the far better team. Chargers are a team that's going to contend for the AFC West title in a playoff spot. The Eagles are going to be middle to the bottom of the pathetic NFC East behind the Cowboys. And I just think that the Chargers are better. Sure, it's on the road, West Coast, East Coast, yada, yada, yada. But this is a team that, that is far better than it's playing right now, and you just, you just can't trust the Eagles, who, by the way, are 0-3 on, at, at home this year, while the Chargers have covered eight of their last nine. So it's something that, that I'm looking to play with the Chargers. Uh, David, I think it's uh, Dolphins fan week on the show. We had Joe Osborne, big Dolphins fan, on the show yesterday. Today, you here, uh, you're a big Dolphins fan. Uh, it's a game that's probably going to have the lowest handle of all the games this week. But if, if there's an opportunity for us to make some money, we're more than willing to do so. I, I want you to talk about uh, this this line here. 
this outsized line. Miami favored by this much is kind of crazy. Miami against Houston. And where, where you are, just your, your viewpoint of the, the organization overall, because the future's not bright because of what they decided to do with their with their future picks. And if you could also touch on on your thought process with the survivor angle, there are going to be some people that are still alive in pools after having a, a massacre of a week with all those people on Cincinnati that were bounced out. And they're going to try and risk it. And they're going to see Miami as a six and a half to seven point favorite. And they're going to risk using the Dolphins to see if uh, they can have a freebie here. Uh, just what are your thoughts on, on Survivor and uh, this matchup and the Dolphins in general? Quite simply, I'd rather go back to Ikea on Sunday than pick the Miami <laughs> Dolphins in the Survivor pool. <laughs> I mean, and we just talked about how bad that experience was. The Dolphins, listen, guys, like big longtime fan from Miami, season ticket holder my entire life. This team should not be favored by a touchdown over anybody, including my son's flag football team. I've seen every play this season. There, I mean, it's an offense that's scoring 17 points per game, no higher than 30th in, in, in any statistical category of yards per game, yards, yada, yada, yada. Uh, since covering in two of the first three games, they failed to help any of the people backing them in the last five contests and enter with a league worst minus seven and a half points per game cover margin. It's not a team you want to lay seven, uh, seven points with. It's definitely not a team you want to put survivor on it. You know, you, you don't go too long ago. People were thinking about taking the Jacksonville Jaguars in survivor week one and Houston blew them out of the water. Now, this Houston team is probably the only team in the league worse than the Dolphins. I mentioned all those Dolphins offensive numbers, 28th, 30th, 31st. Well, believe it or not, the Texans are even worse. So what I'm doing in this game is I'm, I'm taking the under. Like, I know the defenses suck too, just to throw it out there. In full transparency, both defenses are in the bottom of the barrel. But neither one of these teams can move the ball at all. So unless it turns into an epic turnover fest, I don't see two teams averaging 14 and 17 points per game getting to 46. And, you know, it's not a foolproof model, but when two bad teams are playing each other, I tend to take the under and I tend to take the points. So I'm going to be playing the Texans, buying it up to seven, or if you can get it on Sunday, it was at seven already before dropping the six and a half. It, it's just two really, really bad football teams. You know, ESPN has this pass block win metric that tells you how good or bad the offensive lines are in terms of blocking for protection and blocking for running. In terms of protection, no surprise, Dolphins 31st, Texans 32nd, bottom two teams in terms of protecting their quarterbacks. It's going to be a sack fest. Not a lot of people are going to be getting open. And, and people have, you know, held this against Tua because he hasn't been a Hall of Famer after 13 games. But he's working behind an offensive line that's no better than, than me and the two of you with wide receivers who can't get open or stay healthy and, you know, free uh, undrafted free agents and seventh-round picks in the backfield and a coaching staff that I have soured on, if you couldn't tell. But this is a game that you shouldn't be laying points. You shouldn't, if you're going to risk it, go risk it with Baltimore over Minnesota or go risk it tonight with Indianapolis over the Jets. Don't put your survivor money on the Miami Dolphins and take it from someone who's painfully watched every play this season. David Behrman, ESPN, joining us here talking NFL Week 9. David, where are, you, where are you on the Cardinals this week? The number is down to one. Arizona coming off their first loss. They get the extra time to prepare for this. But Kyler Murray, that's that's really the interesting part of this. The ankle banged up last week. He's been banged up for a couple weeks. We're not sure if he's, you know, what he's going to be like when he's out there. Arizona minus one right now in San Francisco against the Niners. What are you feeling on this game? 
I like the Cardinals here. I actually jumped on it Sunday night when it was at two, thinking that line was off a little bit. Now it's dropped to one, and you can even find some some pickums out there still. I like Arizona. They're just the far better team here. Obviously, it's, it's going to come down to whether Kyler and, and, and Hopkins are, are, are injured or not. And Yesterday, Kingsbury said that, that Murray should be good enough to play, and that's when the line went up to one, sometimes one and a half. I just think that they're the better team. And with all due respect to Jimmy G and the Niners, who looked fantastic against the Bears, I mean, who hasn't looked fantastic against the Bears? The only two teams that might be worse are the ones we mentioned a few minutes ago. And by the way, Matt Nagy is going to be back this week for the Bears, so fade them as well. But – San Francisco is just not that good of a football team. And I think when you're looking at Arizona, everybody talks about their offense. They talk about Kyler and they talk about Hopkins and now they have Zach Ertz. Quietly, their defense is one of the tops in the league, allowing 17 points per game at third best and holding teams to under 320 yards per game. This 49ers offense hasn't impressed anybody. If you watched them two weeks ago in the, the driving rainstorm against Indianapolis, I think they're in for a long day against Arizona. It's also another game that I like the under in because if you look at the last three times these two teams have met, including three weeks ago, it was 17-10 three weeks ago in Arizona's favor, and the two games last year totaled 44-32. and It's also a little bit of a hedge in case Kyler doesn't play. I'm not sure anybody thinks a Jimmy G-Colt McCoy matchup is going to be a shootout. So I'm going to be playing the under, and I'm going to be playing the Cardinals here, even with, McCoy, with or without Kyler Murray. Uh, David, at about uh, the midway point of the season here, are there any futures that stand out? doesn't have to be Super Bowl, conference, or division. Player futures, anything that's caught your eye this week? I still think that, that maybe it's voter fatigue or maybe it's the offseason nonsense, but I still think there's value on Aaron Rodgers to win MVP. Obviously, being out with COVID this week is not going to help his case. But I did hop on Rodgers before the COVID news at 10-1, to 1, thinking, you know, here's a team that has – done nothing but win in cover since that week one debacle they're in position to easily get a top two if not the top seed in the nfc and rogers is putting mvp numbers up there and i just think he's not getting the respect that he deserves it maybe because he won it last year and people are infatuated with with brady and allen and murray but i still think you're getting good value with rogers at nine to one and, and dak prescott if he doesn't miss any more time at seven and a half to one for a team that's doing well also out there i'm also pretty surprised to see that Trayvon Diggs is not the runaway winner for defensive player of the year. And I know that there's very good players out there. Miles Garrett is awesome. Um, other people out there who are up on the board, but you can still get Diggs at six to one in some places behind Garrett and behind TJ Watt slightly ahead of Aaron Donald. I still think there's value. All that guy does is pick off one or two balls every single game and is the reason why the Cowboys defense is better than people thought it would be. David, uh, the NFC is really interesting. Right at the top, there's, there's about five teams that are probably locks for the playoffs. If you want to say the Saints with five wins in the bank already, probably going to find their way there. That last spot, there is probably six or seven teams that have feel like they're going to wake up today. Like we could get that last spot. Obviously, you could take, you know, you could bet on these teams, FanDuel Sportsbook, to make or miss the playoffs. If you had a pick right now, David, if you had a guess, who's going to get in there in, in that muck that is the bottom of the NFC? Does any of those teams stand out to you? I mean, the only one is the one that's currently in there right now, and that's Carolina Panthers, only because their defense is as good as it is. And, and I actually predicted it before the season started that Carolina would be in decent shape because of an early soft schedule, and they started 3-0 and then fell back. I said if, if they were anywhere close to 500 around halfway point that they'd be in the driver's seat for that spot, and they currently are at 4-4. Four and four. But it might be just more of an indictment of I don't believe in Minnesota. I think they're on their last leg when it comes to Zimmer and that team. San Francisco hasn't shown me anything and play in the hardest division in football. No one's going to trust Atlanta 
No one's going to trust Philly, and Seattle doesn't have Russell Wilson. To be honest, guys, if Russell Wilson does come back, and we still don't know what that is going to be like with, with his finger, Seattle's only one game back out of a playoff spot. So if I had a bet here and I find out that there's a chance that Russell Wilson comes back anytime soon, a 3-5 and five Seattle team would probably be the play. But the fact that the NFL added that extra wild card spot, the arguments for and against it are never clearer than it is right now in this NFC because the naysayers would say there's only six good teams, why'd you bother? But then the other side would say, well, everybody has a chance right now except for the Detroit Lions. Even the New York Giants are only two games out of a playoff spot. Keeps the whole league in it. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks, for the news back QL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sports. If you want to see the show live, just log on to Twitch. It's twitch.com backslash BetQL Lightning Bets are next right here on BetQL Daily. Michael Jenkins from The Daily Tip, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to The Daily Tip, BetQL Daily. You better you bet and bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network.